Good morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Having a coffee despite it being just after 5 p.m. here. So, you know. Any time is a good time for coffee. Yeah, if I have a coffee at 5, it's fine. If you have a beer at 8, it's a little rough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I'm not saying I've never done it. Oh, all right. I'm going back to my favorite well here for quotes. And I wanted to set the table. I thought it was kind of funny. It made me chuckle. A few things about this quote. I think it captures very well a lot of how I feel about life mm-hmm. and how I feel about expressing how I feel about life. And ironically, how people should interpret things like podcasts like this or advice in general. Okay. okay. All right. Very broad reaching so far. <laughs> it, it is very broad reaching. It just tickles me so much. And I'd forgotten about this quote. And immediately when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, I loved it. I, I think I, I think I like went back and replayed it the first time I heard it. Okay. So yeah. Time travels like visiting Paris. You can't just read the guidebook. You've got to throw yourself in, eat the food, use the wrong verbs, get charged double, end up kissing complete strangers. Or is that just me? And I love the idea that there's no roadmap for whatever you're going to do. Experience is always the best teacher. And we study things and we read. It's Doctor Who, by the way. Obviously, the time travel kind of like, you know, tips the scale. It has has a weird Anthony Bourdain feel to it, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. I never really watched Parts Unknown. It's really good. He has that whole thing about, um, you know, eat where locals eat, all that kind of stuff. Go uh, like, yeah. he, he has an episode about Vegas and, you know, Vegas has infinite, you know, Michelin star restaurants, award-winning chefs, yeah. celebrity chefs. Don't, don't do that. And he is eating hot dogs in a gas station, playing a video slot. And he's like, it's great. Best hot dog I've ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I lived in Henderson in, during my exile, as you all know. I love and, that. Something uh, you're medievally excommunicated. <laughs> And I, I completely agree. There's great, very approachable food of all varieties. In right, that wasn't Anderson cooked by Gordon Ramsay or Wolfgang right. Puck. Now, that being said, uh, I would strongly recommend Amalfi by um, Bobby Flay in mm-hmm. Caesar's Palace. So, but back to this, I think that it's not just this deviation from the guidebook. It's not just about like, hey, don't, you, you should read the guidebooks. You should read the rules. Hopefully podcasts like this jar something in your mind and inspire mm-hmm. you to think things differently or approach things in a different way. But it's not just about reading and preparing. You got to go out there and you can't just go out there and go, okay, well, let's, let's give it a go. You have to approach these things with, with a joie de vie. You have to go after them. You have to really jump in and embrace the experiences out there. Even when it's business, and it's a real crummy experience, <laughs> even when you're going through hard times, which a lot of us in business are going through right now. It is not a good time in the market, but you still have to approach things with gusto. You have to embrace them fully. And like I said, you have to have that joie de vie, you know, tip double, use the wrong verb, kiss strangers. What? I think it. This feels it is like a, it is kind of like a burned up, burned out, like expanded out carpe diem to me. But also there's there's a little bit of um a love for like nooks and crannies in it, right? That wisdom and memories can come from really unlikely places. And mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, it's not just reading the guidebook. It's not just going to even necessarily like someone like a life coach or reading some self-help book or going to a therapist. You can have 
you can find something can stir something in you, something can jar something in you on a dumb podcast like this or on a comedy podcast or reading an ad on the bus, anything. Um, and having an open mind and an open heart that to, be, to try and be receptive to those kinds of things means you'll take a lot of bad things too. That's okay. But it means you'll find stuff you would have completely missed otherwise. I, that's definitely it. I mean, it, I don't want to, we go back a lot on, um, you know, embracing failure. And this is a different thing where, you know, the bad times are going to come if you have an open heart and you embrace things wholeheartedly. But there's also a way where, and this isn't true for everything. I don't want to overstate the fact though. those bad things that happen, they become part of your story. Mm -hmm. When you have a good team, it becomes part of the team story and it becomes part of the experience and you learn from it and you grow from it. I'm not saying embrace, run towards bad times, but understand that the cost is far more heavy in anticipation than it is in memory. And the upside of running through there, deviating from the guidebook, jumping in, <coughs> excuse me, and really, really experiencing whether it's business or life or love or whatever it is, is worth so much more to you, to taking everyone. It, taking it a little bit more literally, I do think there is a danger to both sides. And like when we talk about actually like traveling, you and I both traveled a lot. You travel more than I have. We both travel a lot more than the average person. Mm -hmm. And I would say you certainly travel a lot more than the average American by a pretty wide margin, I would say. Sure. Um, do you find if you're going to a place now, it's different when you would go to an event and you would go airport, airport, convention center, airport. And it doesn't matter if that convention center was in Barcelona or if it was in Nagoya, yeah. it makes no difference. <laughs> I don't mean those kind of trips. Do you find it's better to over-prepare or under-prepare if you had to pick one? Oh, I think it's, I think it's better to over-prepare. I think I agree because I think it's very easy to get overwhelmed, especially in a country where you don't speak the language. Something that was really jarring to me about going to Japan specifically was it was the only place I've ever been. I've been to plenty of places where I can't speak the language. I don't know any Spanish. I don't know any Italian. I don't really know any German. But it was Japan's first place I've ever been where I can't even read the language. You know, mm. if I go to France and I go, that says Maison. I don't know what that means. I go to I can't read any of the characters. I don't even know. I'm so far removed from that. I don't even know what there is to not understand. And stuff like that, big culture shocks can be very, very overwhelming. And it's very tempting in situations like that to turtle up. And a little bit of preparation goes a long way there. But then I think I've gone the other way too, where if you meticulously try to plan every moment of a trip or every moment of an experience or extrapolating out every moment of your life, I think that's punishing as well. Yeah. I, the, so the reason I kind of cheated on my answer, the reason I said over-prepare is um, then you have something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. but, when I've overprepared for trips, I've looked at days and been like, ah, I'm not doing, any, we're not doing any of these things. Yeah. 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 We're not going to, nah. And um, that gives you a lot of freedom. Having the willingness to deviate is the only reason I vote for overprepare. If someone's going to be rigid about it, no, I, I will go. I'm miserable. I can't travel that way. I have to be able to wake up and say, or go to bed and say, you know what? I'm turning the alarm off. That morning thing. Ain't gonna happen. That museum is gonna go do it's not happening. Right. Yeah. We'll so I'll, later, yeah. I'll pick one and say as long as we make it to this, that's fine. Or okay, we have these reservations, that's fine. But nothing else is gonna happen. Nikki and I had, had a similar thing where um on our honeymoon, we went to a bunch of different cities in the States. We went to New York, to DC, to New Orleans, to Vegas, and we were gonna go to San Francisco. And we had three days in each place. <clears throat> well, kind of. We had one travel day, two travel days, and two days in each place. And one day was I got to pick the stuff we did. One day was she got to pick the stuff we did. And the rest of the time was loosey-goosey. 
What do we feel like doing? Is there anything similar? And then halfway through the trip, we're in Vegas. We were tired. We were traveling a lot, a lot of planes, a lot of trains, all that kind of stuff. We're like, God, we're really enjoying it here. We love our hotel. Do you just not want to go to San Francisco? Can you live with like not having gone to Alcatraz or whatever? Is that fine? And we were like, yes. Canceled our flight, rerouted, stayed next two days in Vegas. And there are times in my life where I live for chaos and and live for um, you know, unplanned things. And there's times in my life when I would really struggle to make a change like that. But it's difficult. It's it's, it's very rewarding, and it's just like you said, it's very freeing to be able to go. You know what? I'm staying here. I'm not. It's and it can be scary. You can get a little scared of opportunity cost. But I think it's important to have the other side of that coin, like open things with, um, you know, approach things with open arms and an open heart, but also know when you want to pivot and when you want to change and when you want to move, make make a different decision. Yeah, and I, I think that is part of embracing the experience. I'm glad you did that. But, you know, you know what, what you did miss in the city. What I miss in the city? The best Irish coffee. I'm from Ireland. One I highly the, doubt that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just telling you. One of the places in San Francisco is has some of the best Irish coffee in the world. Suppose that I grew up in the city and I haven't been there. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know how much you really I haven't been to Alcatraz either, by the way. Oh, dude, so, I haven't been I've attended an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in Trinity, and now I teach a master's program in Trinity College. So and I've never been in to view the Book of Kells in the in the old library where they shot Star Wars. Never done. Well, they didn't shoot it there, it's all CGI. Um, I have, you know, I had free entry as a student, then I had free entry as a student again, now I have free entry as a staff member. If I get free entry for being over 65, I will have had an opportunity to visit this library in every which way possible without paying a penny, and I will have never done it. Whereas I have paid, and I have been to the library, you are missing out. It is gorgeous. It's pretty incredible. I very strongly urge you to just go strolling through. We're talking about five minutes of your time. (laughs) I literally have to go there like several times a year anyway. I mean, it's gorgeous. You should do it. So I've gotten around to it. But I love for this quote, um, like I said, it's really the joie de vie element. It's not just mm-hmm. about carpe diem. Carpe diem, first of all, um, it doesn't have good examples. <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> tell you what it means. Like, you know, paying double, kissing a stranger, using the wrong verb, making all those mistakes that you look back on fondly and wistfully and say, God, that was an amazing thing. Did you know that the first several times I went to the U.S. I accidentally tipped double? I did not know that. I would pay with my credit card and then you have the line. Because this whole thing where you give your credit card and then you give they give you the bill back and then you write the tip on it and then they actually put in the transaction. They run the card and then they leave it, right? That doesn't exist here. That is mm-hmm. not a thing. Mm-hmm. Very occasionally they'll bring you a car machine to the table, you put the pin in and you can say, oh, let's can I round it up to 80 bucks or whatever? That happens, okay. But this this whole charge after the fact doesn't exist. So I get a bill for $30 or whatever, right? And I put, I don't know, 35 or 38 or whatever on it. And then I would leave 5 or $8 in cash. Why? Because I thought I was noting how much I had left. So I was literally exactly tipping double for the first, like, three months I'd ever spent in the U.S. I was like, and then I was there with, with someone who was American. They were like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I'm writing how much a tip. And they're like, oh, buddy, that is not how that works. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> this illustrates something, too, where when I mean, because you mentioned travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a perfect illustration of what we're talking about, because the guidebook would tell you. Absolutely. When you're in the U.S. Then give you a step by step. Then no. tell you how you do it. Doesn't, nope. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a 15, like, maybe 20 if it was good. Won't tell you what to do. 
No, no, no. 18 minimum. Uh, 20 is basically my standard now. Yeah, 15 is kind of outdated, huh? 15 is way outdated. For a while it was 18, and now I think it's just 20. God. We have this weird thing in Europe where we um, pay staff and restaurants. No. People still tip plenty Uh, often here. Dennis, Dennis, you don't understand. A Big Mac would cost $100 if we did that here. I know. It's crazy, right? Isn't that wild? I always tell people, you know, I've been to plenty of European countries. I've never been to for a big And you've eaten plenty of McDonald's, too. <laughs> I, I literally, I mean, trust me, McFlurries are pretty static uh, asset. Cross the board. The <laughs> yeah. And they pay people a lot more in Europe than they pay here. I use, um, we've honed in a little bit on travel, but I think it's a good, um, I think it's a good uh, simulacrum for this or a good, or a good allegory because you, you're ending up somewhere oftentimes where you don't have any experience and it's easy to try stick to a rigid schedule. Um we're running short on time, so we can we can we can start to wrap up, up on this. I used to call Atlas Obscura, which is just a old, you know, it's a it's an old style form where people post their own stuff and you vote up and down um on things that you wouldn't find in a guidebook necessarily to go and see in a city. Mm. Oh, That's man. a little cheating. It's not, you know, I love that. But it's not wandering around at 6 a.m. smelling the city and seeing where the vibe takes you. It's it's still half a guidebook. <laughs> but um it is a little bit it's a little more community driven, which is very, very nice. I would highly recommend it. Is there anything you do if you land in a city that where you've never been before that you want to try and do to kind of take it in a little bit? Honestly, I try to get into the city and then I'll try to walk to the closest McDonald's. I knew it was going to be get a McFlurry. I've yeah. been with you several times. You're like, hey, can we get a McFlurry? I'm like, I guess. It's, and you'd be like, ooh, they have Oreo here. I'm like, you have Oreo McFlurry, so it's the same. Sometimes there's weird stuff. Granted, that's fine. I just, I think that, and I want to avoid places like malls. I want to try to find a standalone one. You want to find They're less more curated experiences, yeah. Yeah, they do. They do a lot of Starbucks has taken uh, the place of a lot of this too. If you can't find a McDonald's, they do a ton of market research on traffic, on where locals go, on where people are, mm-hmm. and take advantage of that. That's always been my thought. Go, go to where people are. Um, in France, which I love, I love just walking around and randomly going into any bistro, any bar, anywhere because you can get an espresso. Every every freaking place has an espresso. Sit there and have an espresso. But I do, I do like to do research on where I want to eat. As you know, I travel on my stomach. But there's nothing I love more than wandering around a new city and popping in somewhere for a glass of wine, an espresso, or McFlurry. Like randomly picking. Not oh, this is the place we're looking for. It's like oh, uh, you know what? Here we go. Yeah, this has the look of a spot. Let's go well, do it. We can end on this because next time you come over here, if we go to to Bray where I grew up, the McDonald's there is in the old town hall. And it looks, you should Google it. It looks nothing like a McDonald's. I'll put a picture of it on the post. Um, And they still hold town hall meetings upstairs once a week. (laughs) It is 